So, the moral of the story is, always make sure you've turned the microphone on. Oh, see, I thought the moral was always listen to your wife. I'm Meredith, and this is the Launchpad for Pomona Valley Church. Hi everyone, I'm Curtis. If it seems like we've been gone for a while, well, it's because we recorded this episode like two weeks ago, or we thought we were recording this episode, but in reality, we were more just talking into a microphone that wasn't turned on and therefore wasn't recording anything. A fact we might have discovered if, you know, we had done a sound check like someone suggested. Who might that have been? In any event, since recording these requires both of us to be in the same place without children interrupting, it's taken a little while to find a time to actually re-record this episode. But, hallelujah, school has begun! Yay! So Curtis and I are pastors of a Just Getting Started group forming Pomona Valley Church. And here on the Launch Pod, we share a bit each episode about the culture and values we hope will characterize this church. Yes, and as we get started, we want to first of all say thanks to you for listening. We're grateful that the podcast can open up this process from just living in our heads to being more shareable. It's a way to create conversation around these ideas, but only because you listen and connect with us. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. One thing we know is that we aren't talking about these things that are wholly unique to us. We aren't creating a church unlike any other, but we do hope this podcast clarifies the core of who we hope to be. As we start season three, we're diving into some common questions we've gotten arranged around themes. So last week was about the word evangelical and how understanding and also nuancing the four historical markers of what it means to be evangelical can be helpful for knowing what we're about. It's a bit of American church history for you, if you missed it. Which, I mean, American church history, definitely the stuff podcast empires are built on. I think there's a real untapped demand for that in the podcast market. Oh, definitely. Well, today, we're exploring what we hope happens when we gather together. When there's a church service, what are we actually going to do? But before we get into that, we have an update on the practical side to share. And that is that Curtis got a job. Wait, I thought this was my job. If no one pays you to do it, it's just a hobby, honey. I'm an amateur uh, mixologist. What is it? No, no, that's a bartender. Yeah, wrong kind of mixing. Sound mixing? Audiologist? Are there sound mixologists? Wait, that's a kind of doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got many people who are helping launch Pomona Valley Church, but the reality for many new churches is that for some length of time, until they reach a place of financial stability, there's a pathway where the pastors might be what's called bivocational, meaning they have two jobs. One reflects their ministry vocation, and the other is not a formal church role. And there are pluses and minuses to bivocational models. On the downside, it pulls some of your time away from the church project. On the upside, it helps pay the bills. Another major upside in our case is that this is a job that will connect us in some ways to our community. Some of you out there listening know that I have spent some time working as a tutor over the years, and it's kind of a perfect fit for this situation because it pays well hourly, it's flexible, and you can kind of just pick it up, especially if you are, as I am, going through an existing tutoring company that does all of the entrepreneurial marketing type side of things. Um, and it has a couple of different locations right here in Claremont. So we're hopeful that this will help our family be stable while still allowing Meredith to focus basically full-time on the church and still leaving a good chunk of hours for me to devote to it as well. 
uh, without filling up all my brain space and taking away my creative energy and all that. So we are very, very thankful to God for providing for us in that way. And now back to the worship service question. What exactly will we do? We think that there are already plenty of excellent options for people who are mostly looking for the 20 to 30 minutes with a vaguely indie rock slash pop style of worship band, plus five minutes of announcements and then a 40-minute sermon, Flavor of Church. They're in most towns, and many of the largest even have all their resources online. And in those models, maybe the key value is the words that are spoken. You come to church to sing certain words, hear the sermon's words, and of course, Protestants would argue, have all of that flow from the word of God. And so some churches can place a heavy emphasis on the experience of receiving those words from the stage or from the speaker. Right. In some, maybe most models of church, the reason for attending is just that, the experience. The experience in the audience, which of course is hopefully an experience with God. So the music and ambience of the worship space and the sermon are all crafted to put people in a position to experience God. But if we really believe that a person can experience God everywhere and that God's presence in their everyday life is incredibly valuable and important, well, then putting too much focus on the 60 to 90 minute experience of God on the church campus on Sundays, it doesn't quite fit, or at least it isn't anywhere near sufficient. We're kind of wondering, how can we set people up to experience God more consistently throughout the week? And then there's another reality in our hyper-internet-connected world. If the reason you gather together on a Sunday is to experience God through the worship music and the words of the sermon, well, there are already amazing bands and preachers available to us in droves. You can hear great true words and songs and sermons anytime via the internet. And the experience of God's presence isn't confined to a church building or a church service. And so perhaps it's not as helpful to keep living with this idea, even implicitly, that it is. So if it's not for the experience of God, why do a group of Christians gather for time together as a local church? We believe the reason for people to gather for a church service is twofold. First, it's a time to practice following Jesus together. So we imagine a time that is experiential and interactive because that's how practice works best. Second, we think it matters that we follow Jesus together. Our world is increasingly isolated and lonely, but following Jesus shouldn't be. Our gatherings are always going to be relational and fun so that we can put our value of relationships into action. So we've said that sort of thing before on the podcast, but we wanted to get a little bit more into what does that mean more practically. And we've got a little list of characteristics that we want to mark our gathering. And we can meet in lots of different spaces. We could be big. We could be small. We would still want to do these things each week. And the first is share stories. We want to hear stories from people engaging with God, especially as it relates to our values as a community. Stories have, in some church spaces, been elevated for good reason because of their power. Some of us grew up in churches hearing testimonies, stories from people in the congregation. But sometimes story can also feel very curated. And I think we envision something more mundane in the best sense. Stories of God in our ordinary lives for the purpose of awakening in us this sense of expectancy that God is working in all of our mundane, ordinary lives as well. 
It'll help us see it, identify it, notice it as it happens in each of our own experiences. Then second, communion. And this would be at every worship service because there's so much happening in the act of communion. So many layers and themes. And we think if we celebrate it each time, that will give us the space to explore one theme at a time. Pull one thread of the fabric of what God did and does through that practice. We've started this already at our Sunday summer dinners, and we're going to continue it for as long as we are gathering together. In addition to sharing stories and celebrating communion each week, we imagine that there will be a short message. Emphasis short. Yes, and not like, oh, we're keeping it under 45 minutes this week. We mean a short sermon of about 15 minutes that explores the Bible and its implications for us as we follow Jesus into the world, trying to live the one another's neighbor well and do justice. Plenty can be done in 15 minutes on the one hand. And on the other hand, we think that we could use that other 20-ish minutes. Or more, depending on your church experience and how long sermons were. I mean, I think an hour long could be fun for me. I can talk that long. We think that using that time differently could be really valuable. And we wonder what that could look like instead. Next, each service would include something experiential. And we've gotten lots of questions about what exactly this means. And we think it'll become more clear as we actually start doing it together. But there would be time each week to engage or practice something that relates to the focus of the day. Yeah, there's a sense of, I just heard a sermon about something. What am I going to do with that? And I've used this example before, I think. If we are in the book of John chapter 2, There's the wedding at Cana where Jesus turns water to wine. It's a miracle that points to the kingdom of God inaugurated by Jesus as a kingdom of abundance, provision, joy. So after talking about that for a little bit in a sermon, we as a group might take time to embody and enact joy together. And I have done this for real. We've had the whole group respond by blowing bubbles. And I know that might seem so funny, but we did it together and it worked. We were practicing joy for a few minutes and then we reflected on how it felt. And actually the the, uh, resistance that some people had to the idea of doing that in a church service itself was an interesting point of reflection. Like why would doing something silly seem like it doesn't fit in worshiping God? Irreverent or irreligious. Right. Like, what does that say about who we think God is or how we're supposed to relate to him? So anyhow. And there are all sorts of ways this could look. It might mean traditional spiritual practices, if you're familiar with some of those. Things like Lectio Divina. It might be a prayer exercise or a chance to reflect on a question or two before God or to get out your phone to send someone a note or schedule time to spend with God during the week or any number of other things that connect with the topic that week. But the goal would be to take time right away to do something, reflect on, talk about, respond to, to do something with the theme of the passages that we had explored together. We believe this can engage our whole self in a way that passive listening to a sermon just can't. And that in so doing, we're setting ourselves up better to be changed and shaped by God more sustainably. The next thing we care about as we gather in worship services is making sure that we are embodying the diversity that we value. We want to hear from diverse voices, ethnically diverse, diverse in our ages, socioeconomics, orientation, gender. By having a short sermon, more people can preach it. Somebody else could introduce that experiential element. Other people can lead music. 
someone else can pray, someone else can lead communion. By having these sections together, it'll allow us to have more voices who lead us in worship each week. Now, in some ways, liturgical churches already do this, if you're familiar with those. But we aren't really imagining a formal liturgical or so-called high church feel to our worship time. We imagine something more casual, fun, interactive. Yes. Yeah. And then last, relational opportunities. We want to have something relational each week. And this is kind of the least fleshed out in some ways because to some degree, it depends on who is there and how many people are there, how well we know each other, what the space is like that we're meeting in and so on. But whatever the situation, whatever the service looks like, we want there to be chances to talk to other people and to build friendships in some way. When I was in college, I went to a recently started church that spent the first 20 or so minutes singing, and then we'd stop and spend the next 15 or so minutes eating dessert and drinking coffee and talking to each other. Maybe sometimes we'll do that at Pomona Valley Church. Maybe sometimes part of the experiential element of the service will be discussion with others. We want to be intentional about building relationships with one another at Pomona Valley Church. And nobody I know thinks the uh, maybe more traditional stand up and shake someone's hand as a way of us transitioning from the announcement time to the sermon really accomplishes all that much relationally. Now we know that all you introvert. Now we know that any you can't of even you say the word <laughs> introvert. We know that any of you introverts out there may cringe a little bit, but we do think we can do this in a way that is not unbearably weird or awkward, even if it might take some practice embracing the messy togetherness of it all. As we started saying, yes, we will practice this together, and we hope these elements done each week will allow us to then continue practicing these things throughout the week, to shift from a passive experience to an active engagement that equips us for engaging with Jesus in our day-to-day -day lives. Because if our gathering is equipping us to follow Jesus into the world together for the rest of the week, we think that might be a gathering people would want to be at. So we'll end it there for now. And I'm sure these things will continue to get more fleshed out in the months and years to come. As a matter of fact, as we continue to think about what this will look like fleshed out in the fall, you'll want to make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter because we're going to start talking about the next expression of this right here. And we're going to roll that out with the September issue. So you can make sure you're receiving that newsletter and the link will be included in the show notes, which are at PomonaValleyChurch.org. You can always get in touch with us at PomonaValleyChurch at gmail.com. All of our recent updates come out through Instagram. And until next time, we love you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.